We're talking about the untouchables. And last time I was with you on a Wednesday night, we talked a little while on Psalms 91. He dwells in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then I will say of the Lord, He is our refuge, He's our fortress, He is our God. In Him we confidently trust and rely on. As a result of living in that place, you have a shelter. You have a shield of not only favor around you, but you have a shield of protection around you. To the degree that the enemy cannot penetrate it. He does not have an access point to those who live for him. And to those who dwell in him. And live in the secret place. Of course we know in the 10th and 11th verse. He says that no evil shall befall us. Neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling. Aren't you glad for that? No delta variant. Amen. 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 Why? Because he's given his angels charge over us. And they keep us in all of our ways. And one of the scriptures we looked at, I believe was 1 John chapter 5. And I want you to notice in verse 18. It says, we know that whosoever is born of God. Are you born of God tonight? Like they say in the south, have you been born again? Amen. You've received eternal life. Well, whatsoever, whosoever is born of God, sinneth not. In other words, doesn't practice sin as a way of life. Doesn't intend to sin. No, because their heart is right. Amen. But the, he that is begotten of God, now notice this phrase, keepeth himself. And as a result of keeping ourselves, the wicked one doesn't do what? The wicked one touches us not. That kind of ministered to me today as I was meditating for a while. Keepeth himself. It is our responsibility under the guidance of God and with the help of the Holy Spirit to keep ourselves. It is. It really is. It's nothing that uh, we can do apart from him. But it's something we do with his help. It's like we're joined together in it. Now, one of the things I was looking at was found in verse 21 about keeping ourselves. In verse 21, he says this, little children, keep yourselves from what? Keep yourselves from idols. Now, of course... Back in that day, they had a lot of idols in their, in their temples and so forth. But in our day, idols are different. Did you know that your iPad or your phone can be an idol? Did you know that a sports figure can be your idol? Or some sort of a, a movie star? You know, something that takes place of God in your heart. Now, I like how the Amplified Version talks about it. He says in 1 John 5, 21, in the Amplified, little children, keep yourselves from idols, false gods, from anything and everyone, everything and everyone too, that would occupy the place in your heart due to God. 
Then it goes on to say, from any sort of substitute for him that would take first place in your life. So I think oftentimes, even in Christianity, idolatry is a thing. I mean, how many friends do you have on Facebook? If we base our identity and our self-worth on how many friends we have or don't have, it's a very low level of self-worth. How many friends do I have? You know? How many clicks did I get? How many views? How many likes? Then if somebody says something that you don't like, oftentimes people get in there and they they have a Facebook fight. (laughs) Nowhere in the Bible does it say have a Facebook fight. But it tells us to fight the what? The good fight of faith. So, folks, when we keep ourselves from idolatry, and that's all of us, you know, you can be overly entertained. I mean, to the degree where it really uh, uh, drains, if you will, the spiritual strength out of you. Overly entertained. But when we keep ourselves from idols, and this is a daily thing, we need to, we need to watch over ourselves. But when we do... The enemy does not have an entry point. He does not have access into our lives when we act on what we just read. Now in 1 John chapter 3 and in verse 3, he says, Every man that has this hope in himself. I've got a great hope. How about you? I serve the God of hope. He's the God of expectation. He's expecting his church to rise up in this day and this hour and be the church. Not hiding in a cave. But being the church, proclaiming the gospel of Christ. Why? Because Jesus is coming soon. We have this hope in our lives, in in Christ. But notice with me, every man that has this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure so we see this theme tonight keepeth himself purifieth himself somebody says well how do i purify myself live in the word and live under the blood of jesus and you will have a continual cleansing happening in your life 24 7 hallelujah purifieth himself. And here's a little something that I do on a regular basis. How do we purify ourselves? Well, we simply walk in Christ likeness. We found out we find out how Christ lived and we do by the grace of God to be just like him. He's the goal. Not some preacher. Not some singer. Jesus is it he's the one who died for our sins he's the one who rose from the dead and thank God he uses men and women but the bottom line is he is Lord and so whatever you see about him 
Just say, Lord, help me to be like you. Help me to be more like Christ every day of my life. How do we purify ourselves? Well, we determine that we're going to live a yielded life. In Romans 12, verse 1, it talks about presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Now, I want to lead you in a prayer. This is a prayer that I pray for myself. Let's say this together. Lord Jesus, I yield everything I have and everything I am to you tonight. I determine in my heart to set my affection on things above. And by the energizing power of your spirit to keep my flesh crucified, laying aside every sin and weight that would hinder my walk with you. I set myself from this night forward to do your will, O God. I'm asking you to enlighten my heart, to speak to me, and to tell me what changes I need to make in my life. I set myself now from this evening forward to hear and to obey your voice in Jesus' name. Pray that daily and see if that doesn't make a a difference. It'll change you. It'll purify you. He'll reveal motives that need to be changed. He'll reveal things about our lives that we need to adjust. This, my brothers and sisters, is not a, a message of condemnation. This is a message of encouragement and of lifting, praise God. Because if you do what you're hearing tonight, you'll not be the same person from here on out. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then the Spirit of the Lord today, you know, sometimes he'll just speak a a phrase here and there. And, uh, you know, like I remember when we did the series on I Will Say, that just came up out of my heart one morning when I was waking up. I will say. And we did a series, I will say, the Lord is my redeemer. I will say, the Lord is my healer, and covered several subjects to that. But here's what I got in my heart today, that walking in love will make us untouchable. Walking in love will make us untouchable. 1 Timothy 5, 5 says this, Now, the end of the commandment is love or charity out of what kind of a heart? A pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. And then 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 22 instructs us to flee also youthful lusts. That's idolatry. But follow after righteousness faith, what else? Charity, which is love and peace with them that call on the Lord out of what kind of a heart? heart. 
out of a pure heart. And that was, I believe, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Praise God. Out of a pure heart. So we see this theme tonight. He keeps himself. The wicked one can't touch him. Uh, purifieth himself. Living Christ-like. Uh, that when we walk in love, we become untouchable where the enemy is concerned. Walking in love is the high call of the body of Christ. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, he tells us to be followers of God as dear children. The word followers there means to mimic or to be imitators of God as dear children. And then in verse 2, it instructs us to walk where? To walk in love. When we walk in the God kind of love, we're walking in Christ's likeness. We're walking in holiness and we're walking in purity. Isn't that beautiful? Now somebody says, well, I don't know whether I can do that or not. God has given us the ability to walk in love. He's given us the ability to walk in Christ's likeness. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, notice this with me. It says, and hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in your head. If we try to approach loving people out of our head, it's going to be very difficult. Why? Because your head will tell you all sorts of weird things about people. Right? You know it's true. Someone may walk in church and you're going, Huh, what in the world do they wear that for? Do they think they're all that? Those are things that go on in the minds of men and women. But those are things that are coming from Satan. And those are things that need to be cast down and not spoken out. Amen. Well, anyway, that went over big. Praise God. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1 and notice in verse 22. 1 Peter 1 and 22. And I want you to go ahead and read this with me if you would. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit on the unfeigned love of the brethren. Let's stop right there. That means not hypocritical. That means unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with what kind of a heart? With a pure heart and do it fervently. Hallelujah. Same word found in James where it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, making tremendous power available. And so that is the way that God wants us to love. He wants us to love one another. How? Fervently. And I have found that one of the things that helps me stay out of strife and stay out of opinions and judgmental attitudes and being critical of others, I have discovered that praying in the Holy Ghost helpeth this guy much. Praying in the Holy Ghost will help you mucho, mucho. Huh? Being translated much, much. Amen. So should we pray in the Holy Ghost? We shouldn't just pray in the Holy Ghost when a crisis comes. We should be praying in the Holy Ghost every day of our lives. Living in constant communion with Him. Now notice in Jude 20, this will help us. 
He says, but you, beloved, building up yourselves. Amen. Does yourself need to be built up? When it talks about yourself, it's talking about your inner man. It's talking about your spirit. I don't know about you, but my spirit man needs to be built up like daily. Oh, yes. So he says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up. Amen. I thank God for Pastor Tom. I thank God for our praise team. They have their place. They have their job to do here. It helps us to go to the throne of grace. But at the end of the day, God has called you to build yourself up. Because built up people build others up. So he says, but you, beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying where? in the Holy Ghost or praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. Or we could say it this way, praying in other tongues. Amen. Praying in the Spirit. So here's what happens. When we're praying in the Spirit, we become more aware of the Spirit realm, the Holy Spirit realm. We become more aware of His presence in us, upon us, and all around us. Now notice what happens. In the next verse, as a result of praying in the Holy Ghost, say it with me, I pray pray. in the Holy Ghost. Ghost. As a result of that, it says in verse 21, you will keep yourself. Are we seeing this theme? He keepeth himself pure. If you want to keep yourself pure, from the pollution and the contamination that is in the spirit of this world, I advise you to pray much in the Holy Ghost. Keeping yourselves where? In the love of God. Glory to God. What happens when you're praying in the spirit? You're stirring your inner man up. You're stirring your spirit up. There's this dynamic duo that is taking place. Your spirit along with the Holy Spirit. You're getting built up in the inner man. And the Holy Ghost is there helping you to rise like an edifice and go higher and higher and higher in your life. And so when you have the opportunity to step out of the spirit and to walk in the flesh... And not walk in the spirit. The more prayed up you are. The easier it will be for you to walk in love. The easier it will be for you to walk in the joy of the Lord. Amen. The easier it will be for you to maintain the peace of God. Thank God for the peace of God. That passeth all understanding. How many of you know in this day, in this age, you've got to turn the boob tube off sometimes to stay in the peace of God. Because everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's got the answer. They think they have the answer. But only we have the answer. And his name is Jesus. And so this praying in the spirit will cause you to stay in the spirit. And to walk out your life in the fullness of the presence of God. Amen? Now... Keeping 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is also uh, before us is also another way of keeping ourselves in the love of God. 
Now we talked about, we sang about tonight, Pastor Tom, let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Okay, so let those whom the love of God is on the inside of them, let them say some things about God's love and keep it before them so that when the temptation comes, what will come up out of them is Scripture and the Word of God. This is how you can do this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, actually, verses 4 through 8, I love this in the Amplified Version, and I'm going to lead you in a confession tonight. These are characteristics of God's love on the inside of you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, it says, Love endures long, and love is patient, and love is what? Love is kind. So say this to me, the love of God is enabling me to endure long. I endure long. I am patient. And I'm kind. The opposite of being patient is being impatient. Oh yeah, you felt it. On the road. When somebody's texting and the light has been green for 20 seconds. (laughs) I'm not sure what you do about that, but just pray in the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Praise God. Love is patient. Love endures long. Love is kind. You don't know what people have been through in their lives when they're waiting tables. You just don't know what they've been through. I know sometimes they come up with an attitude. But you know, the love of God overcomes that. And you can smile, and you can be kind, and you can even pray for people like that. And you'll be amazed at what happens to people's countenance when you just be a Christian. Goes on to say, love is never envious nor boils or with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughty. It doesn't put on a show. It's not showy. We are what we are by the grace of God. What you see is what you get. More than conquers. Verse 5. Love is not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. Say with me, I'm not conceited. I'm not arrogant. I'm not full of pride. I'm walking in humility. Here's another one. Love is not rude or unmannerly. Does not act unbecomingly. God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way. What does the love of God do? The love of God puts others first. Amen. Say with me, I don't insist on my own rights are my own way I'm not touchy ooh there's one don't you dare say that about me touchy 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 (laughs) it's not very nice (laughs) say it I'm not touchy I'm not fretful you get full of the love of God you just won't worry Because you just know how much God loves you. He's taking care of you this far. What makes us think he's not going to take care of us all the way? The Father cares for us. The Father loves us. Loves, loves us. Therefore, I'm not going to fret. Say with me, I'm not fretful. Well, here's another one. 
Love, the God kind of love, is not resentful. The God kind of love lets bitterness go. It lets go of the grudges. It lets go of the attitude. Boy, I'm going to get even with them. Just wait. No? Say it with me. God's love in me forgives and moves on. The next part of the verse says, Love takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Think about that. Verse 6, it says, It does not rejoice in injustice and unrighteousness. But what does love do? Love rejoices when right and truth prevail. The next verse says, love bears up under anything and everything that comes our way. In other words, when we are living in the love of God, we won't be so quick to throw in the towel. When tough times come, we'll not say, well, the Lord's moving me over here and moving me over there. No, thank God, we stay where we're stationed, we stay where we're sent, and we do what we're called to do. Hallelujah. Here's a big one. Love is ever ready to believe the worst of every person. Did you hear what so-and-so did? Did so-and-so did? You know, we just need to get rid of that. Amen? If you see some things you don't understand, see some things maybe that don't seem right or look right, it's not our call to talk about it. Our call is to pray about it. And by the grace of God, say it, may the love of God on the inside of me believes the best of every person. It says that hopes are fatalist under all circumstances. It endures everything without weakening. Say this, I endure everything without weakening. Now let's read that last verse together. Oh, powerful. Love never fails never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. Hallelujah! Say it I never fail for the love of God is flowing in my life. Now Jesus said some really powerful things about us when we live under His commandment of love. He said this, In John 14 and verse 21, he said, The person who has my commands keeps them, and the one who really loves me, and whoever really loves me will be loved of my Father, and I too will love him, and I will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him, And I'll make myself real to him. Oh, you want God making himself real to you. Drop down to verse 23. Jesus answered, If a person really loves me, he will keep my word, obey my teaching, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home, our abode, our special dwelling place with him. Here's what I got in my heart. When we walk in the love of God, it gives him access to manifest himself in our lives.
Put your hand over your heart and say, I purpose to live in love, to walk in love. I give you access, sir, to manifest yourself in my life. One of the things that happens is the presence begins to fill you and to saturate you and to surround you where nothing can stick to you. It just can't, it just can't touch you. Because you're walking in love. That makes you untouchable where the enemy is concerned. One of the biggest things going on in America right now is fear. The spirit of fear. Suicides are up. Young people are taking their lives. It's an absolute diabolical plan of the enemy to try to get the church so bound up by what's going on politically and what is going on with COVID that the church, by and large, has forgot its mission. Our mission has been and always will be the Great Commission. He didn't tell us to go into all the world if everything looks good. He didn't tell us to go into all the world if the Democrats are in or the Republicans are in. No, the mandate is there. The mission is there forever and for good. I, for one, am not going to let this church die on the vine fearing what's happening in this nation. I refuse it. We've got the spirit of faith. We've got the spirit of prayer. And the outcome, my brothers and sisters, is victory. All I see is victory. I know it's tough here, and I know it's tough there. I'm not denying these things that are out there. But I am declaring that God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We must not let what's happening in this world weigh us down and keep us down. It's time for the church to arise and to go into all the world and fulfill the Great Commission. It's time for the church to be the glorious church, not the beat-up church, not the hiding in a cave church the church is alive the church is well so arise and shine for your light has come glory to God I said glory to God whoo glory hey folks they that be with us are a whole lot more than they that be with them we've got a whole company of angels praise God They're attending our way. Fear cannot touch us when we get a revelation of how much He loves us and how much we love one another. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16, it says, And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. Do you know it? Do you believe it? Say with me, God loves me. Love loves me. And he that dwelleth in this love dwells in God and God in him. What more do we need? As he is, so are we in this world. That gives you boldness in the day of judgment. Hallelujah. But not only that. It says in verse 17, Herein is our love made perfect, 
that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Verse 18, I want you to read it like you mean it. Come on, folks. There is no fear in love, but perfect love... Stop right now. If perfect love casts out fear, that means fear can't touch you. Because it's on its way out the door. Woo, glory to God. Let's read verse 18 again. Come on, folks. Get a little active tonight. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Woo. Say it with me. No more torment for me. No more fear here. I'm going about my life. I'm going to be like Jesus. I'm going about doing good. Laying hands on the sick. Casting out devils. Seeing people set free. By the power of God. Come on, raise your hands and thank Him tonight. (laughs) Woo, glory to God. Ha, 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 devil. Ha, 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 ha. (laughs) Yeah, what of it? Weapons may be formed against us. What of it? But my Bible says they will not prosper. The accusations of the enemy, the lies of the devil, they come to every one of us every day. But oh, thank God, no weapon, no accusations of the enemy shall prosper. Come on. It's not going to prosper. Because he's limited in his warfare against me, but the weapons of my warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I've been given the name above every name. I've got the blood of the lamb and I overcome by it and the word of my testimony. Fear can't touch you. If you'll keep yourself, keep yourself pure, walk in Christ's likeness, get a greater revelation of how much he loves you. And how much you love one another. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Say with me, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Therefore, as a church, we forbid any sickness or disease to come in this place or to come on our bodies. Every disease germ and every virus that touches this body it dies instantly in the name of Jesus every organ every tissue of my body is functioning in the perfection to which God created to function and I forbid any malfunction in my body in my mind in my home In my church, in my community, in my place of business, in Jesus' name. Oh, come on, let's shout. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm going to shout it from the housetops. I'm going to shout it from the housetops. Redeemed, redeemed. Oh, how I love to say, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. There's power. Power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. (laughs) And so we can count on this.
that all things are going to work together for the good of you and I because we walk in love and because we love God. You're called according to His purpose. Those that don't love God, they're missing out on the greatest, greatest life that they could be enjoying. Folks, there are forces working on your behalf tonight for those who walk in love and who love God. And I tell you what, it, put, it scares the devil spitless. And it turns him on his head. Say to me, when I walk in love, it gives you access to manifest in my life. The Bible says that he has prepared awesome things and great things for those who love him. Loving God and loving one another positions us to partake of what he has prepared for us. And scripture also says, We're in a position and blessed even when we're tempted. It says in James 1.12, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those that love him. This is not for everybody. Everybody could partake of it, but many are not. It's only for those who, who love him. And we're not loving him when we're doing our own thing. We're not loving him when we're going our own way. Selah. When we love him, we'll be excited about our relationship with him and our fellowship with him. There'll be a change of heart There'll be a change of mind to where, oh, it's church night. I guess I better go. No, we get to go to church. Well, I'm on the list to serve. I guess I better show up. No, we get to serve. Pastors called a prayer meeting down at the church. Three people show up. I guess we better pray. No, we get to pray. We get to read the word. We get to give. Hallelujah. It's, it's, a, it's the best way to live. It's the only way to live. Living in the love of God. And because you and I set our love upon him, he says, I will deliver him. That means he doesn't touch you. I will set him on high because he's known my name. When you set your love upon him and set your love upon one another, you'll call upon him and guess what he'll do? He'll answer you. And not only that, but he's going to be with you in trouble. I will deliver you. I will honor you. And not only that, with long life. 
I'm going to satisfy you. And I'm going to show you my salvation. Walking in love, walking in his presence, turns the enemy away and you become one of the untouchables. (laughs) 